the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community, as always, or for at least the last eight years, maybe nine years, I don't know, I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as we always do over that whole, you know, tenure there, we've got our co-host, and we always say welcome to him, Mr. Gene Robinson, about this time. Hey, Gene. Hello, Patrick, and I know you know exactly how many shows we've done. You're just trying to be modest about it. That's all there is to it. I can tell. You're just that kind of a guy. Well, I I, I have like 100. I think this is podcast 162. The show was dark last week, you know, with Easter and everything else I've got going on. I, you know, it, it, it's a, it was a nuthouse. I just can't, can't get it together. Took delivery of my new truck, and I had to, of course, you know, take it into the snow and mud <laughs> and... Uh, all the rest of that good stuff. So we were dark, but, uh, you know, I can't remember if it was, we started this in 2012 or 2013. I'll have to go back and look. I can't remember, but it's been, it's, it seems like last week, right? I, I, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Are you kidding? I am kidding. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's been a long time, uh, and then, you know, this is, uh, I don't know if it's the most exciting 45 minutes uh, on, on, you know, pertaining to unmanned aircraft systems or what, but I know that every week I, I usually learn something and I'm blown away at uh, where the conversation goes, but I'm, I digress from uh, the format. So let's see, what were you, I know you were busy last week too, so uh, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I tell you, um, remote sensing, I, we're, we're getting deeper and deeper into remote sensing. I think we got the flying part down. Uh, and, man, I, you know, I really, I, I, I regret missing the, the show with Randall Warnus that you had with FLIR now because, you know, they, they've got that new sensor out that's a gas detector, and I really, 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 really want to fly one of those bad. And of course, you know what I do. I, you know the, the gas detector and the the stuff that we're doing with clandestine graves and stuff like that. I really think that that could help. So, if uh, Randall, if you guys are out there listening again, uh, you know, hey, we could do some pretty cool research out there at the uh, the old body farm and and uh, well, you know see if it would do that. I'll do the intro. What are they off gas? And do we know that a mixture of gases? I, I don't. You know, it's it's some pretty smelly stuff. I can tell you that. Yes, but what's the chemical comp makeup? No, I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't know. It's, it's getting methane. cavalier on the, uh, on the body farm at first. I think I it's totally methane. Repulsed. Oh, well, you know, um, maybe we could get you one of those. Or, or, you know, NASA's got a nice methane sniffer. We were flying it over the dump, I don't know, six or seven years ago. But I will do the... Uh, I will do that intro because I think that would be interesting. And this, uh, you know, the missing persons thing, the more, you know, the needle, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but the needle in the haystack thing, any tools you can use 
to uh, help find people is going to be uh, even better. You know, it's, uh, anytime I read the missing persons thing, we, we, we have a woman out here, and uh, she went camping in Southern California. She's been gone since January 7th, you know, without a trace. Right. Gone. I've been keeping up with that case as well. Yeah, and it's, a, you know, the, the family, and I mean, it's a heart, but every time you hear that, it's a heartbreaker, you know. So I wouldn't, un, unenviable uh, shoes, for sure. Yep. So yep. any tools we could use, that would be good. Um, and then uh, any news stories um, besides, um, you know, let's say drone-related stories, because there's a lot of other stories, but any uh, drone-related stories, Ketcher, or you just been nosed down? Well, we've been nosed down, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged to see that, uh, you know, we've, we've heard about the Blue Five and, and all that, but I'm encouraged to see that there are more and more American manufacturers of aircraft. And, uh, you know, I've always been interested in the, uh, uh, the, the, the VTOLs and that sort of thing, and I'm seeing more and more intros there, and I, I really like uh, a, a couple of them so far. Uh, would love to get my hands on one to to play with it, but uh, I, I really think the VTOL is going to be is going to be that crossover between the, uh, the the vertical takeoff and the, uh, uh, the the quad rotor and the the fixed wing. I really do. Yeah, you know, I mean, and our guests we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, here in just a minute, but you know, the quad's nice, um, and I guess in the visual line of sight envelope or whatever, it's you know, it's good, and you can fly around for 15 minutes or whatever. But in in, in a lot of work where you're doing, um, you know, like your what you're doing, searching for people or you know, military or you know, fishing or farming or you know. Um, Really, endurance is key, and as my friend Ted McGear says, is aircraft only make money when they're in the air. So, you know, same, same concept, and uh, I think that uh, you are correct, Gene, and hopefully we'll get more people on here. I'm, 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 I'm trying to – I want to do another thing here in Northern California. I'd really like to do a flying thing, but, you know, in my, in my spare time between my five jobs and everything else I've got going and my new four-wheeling career – Let's see if we can squeak that in there. Um, you know, I, 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 the, the, the candle's on fire, but when has it not been on fire? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but but anyway, ends of my candle are on fire. Uh, it gets hard to hold the candle, so uh, I need some kind of a selfie, like a selfie candlestick, so I don't burn my fingers anymore. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, with that, you know, without further ado, let's bring on our guest. He's the uh, CEO, the new CEO of Airville Corporation, Ali Dion. And Ali, uh, for the benefit of the audience, could you please maybe introduce yourself and give us a little, a little bio? I know you have a distinguished career. We we uh, we usually bring professionals on this show. And sometimes, just the bio <laughs> part can be like, well, and then you know. It's a, so yeah, we know you're not fresh out of college. So give us wow. the high point, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much, Patrick and Jane, for having me here in this discussion. Enjoy uh, chatting with you. It's, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a total pleasure. Well, uh, no, I'm not out of college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, uh, in the uh, UAV industry for uh, quite a few years. Uh, I would go as far as almost 20 years ago. So I've been in focus in aviation about at least 10 years of it in the UAV. And I've known uh, 
Tad McGee, not Arable, but Tad McGee for uh, 20 plus years. I've had some sweet argument with him here and there all the time. And uh, now uh, I'm running his company for him. I think uh, that's, that's very exciting. And we're doing a lot of uh, fun, crazy, and exciting things here. And uh, we're very, very focused on the future and uh, the short-term future and the long-term future here in Aeroville. And um, excited to be in this show with you and perhaps uh, answer any questions that you have or your audience. Thank you. Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> you know, first off the bat, that's funny, uh, you know, that you've had some arguments with Ted. Ted likes a good debate. I will say that for sure. He sure does. Uh, sure oh, he sure does. And yeah, it's good. I, I like a good debate, and I like uh, free and honest uh, conversation, so it's a good thing, you know. Uh, so, I, you know, whatever. The other thing is for people that don't know who Tad McGear is, you know, Tad has I, – I, uh, I don't know if you've seen that picture of the uh, garage, the Robin Way rollout for Aerosan. Have you seen that picture, Ali? Yes. I've seen those pictures. And, I, and, and, uh, and a lot of those videos and pictures um, on the YouTubes, and it's, you go to our website, we direct you to go and see some of the past history. Evolution of the flex rotor, and um, it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, you know, I find it super entertaining. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, I, it's, it's pretty entertaining. I do, and every time I post them, you know, I I, I love that uh, the Robin Way photo. You've seen that, Gene, haven't yeah. you? With yeah. Like a, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always joke with people as I've been meaning to. Uh, Switched to cheer laundry detergent now for about the last 20 years. <laughs> maybe I could come up with something innovative if I was using the right laundry detergent. And for people that haven't seen the picture, it's, uh, I think, you know, the, the uh, Tad and Andy or whatever, they're st- I think they're still at Stanford and they're, uh, you know, working on the Aerosan in the garage. So it's many moons ago. So it's a funny picture, but um, you are correct. And then the videos. I, I just posted one of them um, on uh, LinkedIn, and it's had like uh, probably sixteen or seventeen thousand views. And the funny thing is, we joke all the time about you know everybody's like, the first time you know a drone has flown over uh, you yeah. know whatever, right? And I'm like, hey man, it's all in the qualifiers, okay? Because it has to be like a first drone that's flown over the English Channel on Tuesday that was painted blue by a guy named Bill, you know, at around uh, tea time or whatever, because uh, a lot of this, these uh, firsts with uh, unmanned aircraft has already been done. And I always like to, uh, you know, I, I still have students ask me, college students, I'll say, you know, when, when do you think it'll be the first transatlantic flight of a drone? And I'm like, oh, uh, 1998. Oh. Yeah, it's been... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? You know, eh, hey, man, you know, so... A lot of history there, and there is, if you oh, dig through this, topic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, even Tad, that's another thing. People are like, well, I'm going into the unmanned aircraft. Before unmanned aircraft, he was doing bipedal robot 
robotics, you know. And now, you know, you've got uh, Boston Dynamics and the robots dancing and stuff. So, you know, that many years ago, there weren't a lot of people into the, the bipedal robotics. And bipedal robotics is hard. So I guess he decided he wanted to do something easier, like, you know, um, unmanned aircraft <laughs> systems. <laughs> you know. Transition aircraft to boot. Uh, come on, I I did that 20 years ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I want to get into the. I want to get into the flex rotor. And as I said offline, Ollie, um, you know we're big fans of Aerovel and the flex rotor. And well, uh, we happy actually, to hear that. We oh don't yeah, want but, to be opposed to us. No, no. I, 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 uh, I, we uh, try and support people that are doing uh, the good stuff and the real work, and uh, so much so that we, uh, we we use the flex rotor in the SUAS News logo, and we have for a long time because we, uh, we really fantastic. like that aircraft. That's fantastic. That's I didn't fantastic. ask before I poached it, but uh, <laughs> I guess I should have, but we were like, oh, my God, it's cool. we got to have that. So, now you got to keep using it uh, as you like and as many as you like. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So, you know, um, you've, you've, uh, you've known Ted and you're, 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 you're new, you're like the new CEO. I mean, Ted, Ted is, you know, in my estimation, is really like a, let's say, head down engineer. The guy wants to solve problems. That's, that's his passion. So, You've come in now as the new CEO. You know, tell us, tell, tell, you know, maybe unpack that for us. Tell, tell us, hey, this is, the, this is what's going on. This is what we're thinking. Uh, this is why I took this position. Could you do that for us? Sure, sure. Delighted to. Well, I think you described Pat very well. I mean, he, he is, a, is perhaps uh, among the, the best that this industry has and this industry offer and his ability to innovate, invent, and solve hard problems is uh, perhaps second to none. Now, that being said, uh, Aerovol has been in existence in more than 10 years and has done a fantastic um, leap for uh, accomplishment. And we have uh, uh, unprecedented unprecedented combination of size, range, uh, that outperforms, outperforms even the, uh, the fixed-wing aircraft in the endurance, reliability. Um, how, during these years, uh, TAD has made enormous um, investment and has built a very uh, capable team of engineers, technicians, scientists to move this forward. Now, it got to a point that the product is, I, I would say, as of six months ago, not ready for the showtime. As your um, listeners know, that, that's probably 50% of the equation. To get the product to the end user, to the, to the folks in the military and the uh, you need to build the infrastructure of support, training, consistency in production, excellent quality, processes that it is trackable, invest, you can investigate every incidence of um, 
for the progress in the aircraft. Um, with that in mind, I came on board, basically enabled Aerovolt for the second phase of its life by uh, moving into the manufacturing production and getting the product in the hand of the end user. And focus end users are uh, the warriors, the U.S. Department of Defense, Security, all branches of the DOD, Navy, Air Force, special um, operation, Army, and we believe that the current flex rotor and the derivatives of the flex rotor that we have in our roadmaps and generations after that would uh, would bring enormous ability to the armed forces in the United States and allies all around the world. So that's the role that I'm playing here to make the company ready for that transition. Along with that, we are bringing some of the smartest people in this industry to be of our team. Uh, so a company which is uh, go-getter, happy, and uh, promote cultural innovation and creativity all of concurrently. Right. And to utilize the pain of Pat and his ability to focus on continuously solving hard problems and leaving the less difficult problems and mundane issues on my hands. Well, there, there's a lot there to unpack. And some of that, you know, um, people that don't have experience uh, fielding systems with the military uh you know I, i'm i'm going to say one of the things that i i I've, i mean i've i've known ted now probably 12 or 13 years or whatever and and i think that people have to understand about ted's work uh, and how it different or is different from let's say a publicly held company or whatever it is i i know ted you know his name is on the product and i know that he wants to deliver a quality product which is you know, from my experience uh, doing military contracting, is is not. I'm not. I'm going to say it's not really the norm. Most of these are companies, and they're and they're pushing out product. So I, that that's one difference I, I'd like to uh, let's say highlight. Um, now, you know, you also talked about the the flex rotor, and you were talking about uh, some endurance and things like that. I've talked to people about the endurance, even in military circles, and say, hey, you know, this uh, this thing has uh, an incredible endurance. And you, you start talking about numbers, and people offhand dismiss it. I don't believe it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about endurance, uh, payload, and, and capabilities. Sure. Well, um, um let me just use an example that comes to, uh, to my mind right now. Uh, I think about three or four years ago, in a, a simple demonstration using the payload uh, EO5 from Hood Technology, which I believe is about three and a half pounds, we flew um, flexos with uh, auxiliary uh, fuel tank. It's a, it's a small... Uh, uh, auxiliary storage that we put on top of the aircraft 
which makes it about six and a half liter fuel. The aircraft flew 32 hours. It's pretty and, impressive. Uh, yeah. And I do clearly understand and appreciate that um, that may not be as essential for uh, military on every application. That being said, you know, this is essential, uh, scalable in the fact that we can um, staying in a group two and not exceeding a group two. So we would be under the, the, the protocol of group two uh, in, uh, um, requirement. We can adjust the payload to as much as uh, 15 to 18 pounds of payload and uh, have an endurance of better than close to 10 hours, better than eight hours, and have a reserve fuel of hour, hour and a half returning to the base. So that, uh, that's the performance that we have today. That's pretty impressive. And again, for, for people that aren't uh, aware of this system, you really need to see the video uh, of how this uh, works. Yeah, you, it's uh, it's VTOL, sits on his tail, takes off, and then uh, it converts to, uh, let's say, level flight and, yeah. you know, getting the uh, everything they can to the passive lift of wings. So, uh, I, you know, I uh, like I said, I, I really like the, the aircraft. Now, I mean, when you, I mean, you know, a lot of people have seen it. It's been around for a while. But you know, when when you go out and you do demos for people, what I mean, what have I know? You don't need. <laughs> okay, I made a joke about uh, I think it was Shadow, you know, and that was supposed to be some expeditionary system where you and twenty of your best friends, <laughs> a couple of sea containers and all the rest of the equipment they need, and the launchers and all the rest of that runway and everything else you need to go. It's, it's an old system, and it's a little bit of a joke. But I mean, what, you know, tell people what you need. Like, okay, I want to, I'm going to operate this uh, system. What, what do I need? I don't need. A, you don't need a launcher. You don't need. No, you don't a need re- a launcher. Recovery. You're absolutely right. There is three things that we emphasize on this: uh, expeditionary, um, quality, and ease of use. Now, to put a whole, uh, to put a complete system on the back of a regular truck, um, you, that includes two aircraft, all the apparatus that you need for the ground station, extended antenna, fuel, and everything. Uh, by time your car and get the first box out of uh, out of your truck within less than 20 minutes, and two operators, your aircraft is in the air. And it's very, uh, and it's designed to be, in relative terms of the other UAV, be very, very autonomous. Very little instruction is needed. So the focus of the operators would be in two things, making, uh, getting the data, getting the information, monitoring uh, data screens, and uh, doing whatever they want to do with it information that they get and the other um, the other operator would be 
uh, focused on a series of uh, maintenance that is required after each flight and getting the aircraft back in the air again. Um, we've done, we've demonstrated this many, many times. And that the, the good thing about this, um, it, it, it makes it very affordable and uh, usable for, um, for a lot of other applications, even outside of the regular war zones and so on. Yes, this could be on the rooftop of um, our embassies, our intersections in the areas that is require um, monitoring or surveillance. It can take off in a 10 feet by 10 feet area and land on the same location and be in the air for many, many hours, you know, tens of hours, and um, you know, just um, provide the information to the ground and be very easy to operate. Well, you know, uh, you, you talked about uh, value and for, again, for, for people that haven't, uh, let's say, fielded military systems, there's a lot of, a lot of systems that have long endurance have, let's say, additional uh, things that you need, like a launcher, costs money, you have to maintain yeah. it, and there's some sort of capture device, and you know, then you have to maintain that and cart that around and, and, and uh, other things. And, and, um, and I don't want to mention anybody by name, so I'll try and not do that. But, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen any videos of, uh, you know, wings getting ripped off. I haven't seen, um, you know, let's say, you know, uh, mishaps coming off the launcher and things like that. Now, and, and I'm not, you know, okay, it works, the system works or whatever else, but, you know, when you're in a, uh, you know, from my experience working in very hot and sandy places, um, yeah. usually trying to do any maintenance on a system uh, with, let's say, you know, a small toolbox of tools, 120 degrees, no shade, uh, working on the ground, lots of sand, not a pleasant, um, I can think of more pleasant things to do. Let's just put it that way. So it's not it's not like, woo, this is great. You know, a lot of people they're they're working the whiteboard and they're like, Oh, you know, you're in air conditioning and you know, you have all of these uh, facilities around and you you design or think about a system. It's it's a totally different kettle of fish when you get out in the field. And I know Gene knows what I'm talking about when you're out in the field and something goes wrong, right? Gene, what happens? Uh yeah. It's uh the whole two is one, one is none kind of a situation. <laughs> So, you know, the other thing with this is, and I know in military applications, and again, I don't want to mention any names, but <laughs> the, the flex rotor does not need modification for ship-based operations, true or false? Absolutely true. And, uh, and, and again, we have a bunch of videos that show that. We, um, we fly of the moving vehicles and land of moving vehicles all the time. You know, and, you know, I got I have to say the the first one that I saw years and years ago, I was so impressed. That's right. When when they took the Aravel off and not only did they have an autonomous vehicle, they had an autonomous boat. Yeah. <laughs> and they were running the, <laughs> They were running the boat around the lake 
Uh, and yep. uh, the, the aircraft took off, flew mission, and the boat was still moving. And it wasn't much of a boat. I mean, it was yeah. it was like a John boat. Yeah. And that, that aircraft landed on that boat. Yeah, that's. Yep. Yeah, that's true, I, I do that all the time. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, I was planning to say that because I, not, you know, I, I, I do try and read the news. I don't read all the stories, or I'd have to, you know, give up on sleep. But somebody not too long ago was like, first autonomous takeoff from a boat ever with a drone. You know, and this was a couple months ago. Again, it's, uh, it's all the. It's all in the uh, disclaimers and, uh, you know, qualifiers, because uh, you guys have been doing this for a long time. Now, again, I'm not going to mention any uh, systems by name, but uh, I know... We can bleep you, Patrick. We'll just bleep you as you go, okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. i got to get that button. That would be handy. Um, but, uh, you know, somebody said, oh, yeah, you know, you bought, uh, went to the Navy and said, hey, buy our system, man, and this thing is going to be great. And sure, you got to modify your, your uh, ships, but easy peasy, uh, lemon squeezy, we can do it all for 10 bucks and 10 minutes or whatever. And that did not turn out to be a reality, as we all know, modifying anything. You know, you open the can of worms, man, and then it, it can uh, create problems. And then there's that, let's say, trickle-down effect of problems, <laughs> much like the lotus flower keep giving and giving. So uh, none of that's required for the flex router. No. You just set her up, and, yeah, and you're ready to fly. Yeah. Yeah. And let me, uh, you know, it's not always uh, <laughs> it's, uh, clear skies and smooth sailing. Um, what types of, of limitations are there for, like, you know, pitch and roll, let's say, of a ship deck? Is, is this something, uh, is it like, you know, 10 degrees? What, what are we talking about? No, there's really no limitation. I mean, you described it perfectly right. It's, it's really as simple as the way you note it. You, you get these things off the box and set your antennas out there and um, we have a remote starter that you start the aircraft uh, from a distance from uh, where most of your ground station is and and you go. Now, obviously, uh, if there would be a constraint on that, it would be uh, in an extreme high wind, you know, anything above mm-hmm. 25 knots, then you have to, you know, direct the ship to 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 just like you know you take off the helicopter or anything off the aircraft outside of that there is no restriction no no show stopper and the aircraft in its way back uh, you know it hovers until it finds the uh, right um, wind speed and so on and and, and lands now um, and it, it takes a few minutes to pick it up pack it, uh, repack it, and put it back in the box if that needs to be. Right. Well, you know, and, you know, again, the, let's say, real-world environs, you know, when you're out there operating. I mean, I've uh, <clears throat> I've, I've been involved in, with some weather stuff where you're like, oh, God, this is – you got your fingers and your toes crossed, uh, that, you know, for the operational envelope of stuff. But sometimes you just got to fly. 
So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the way the world works. So um, that's good to know. And then so um, also, um, you know, with this, uh, the ease of operating this aircraft, um, you know, I, I will say that there are some other companies that I will not mention that also, you know, they're like, well, it's minimal, uh, let's say, changes that have to be made to the chip or ship so we can land and there's a capture device or blah, blah, blah. And then you got this capture device kind of bolted down to the deck that kind of impedes, you know? So to me, those are all non-starters. I like, I like this system, uh, for those reasons. Um, I, you know, I, 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 when you go to these demos and, you know, I know I've been to a few demos and Gene, You've been to a few demos, right? One, one or two. And uh, so, what's you know? I mean, what do, what do so people that haven't seen it, Ollie, when when they see the demo, what do they say? I I, I tell you, um, I, I like this question. Uh, we have uh, lately, uh, you know, again, we are relatively a small company. And mm-hmm. to get into some of the military programs, we need to have uh, partners, partners that they have uh, deeper uh, connection and deeper path forward with the supply chain and uh, logistic and all the other things that is a must in, in the program. Now, when we, and, and when we provide a demo, some of the, the big name in this industry, as to for a partnership for potential program, the first one hour, there is an absolute silence in the mind of the smartest people over there. That is truly what we advertise, we deliver. I mean, we get out the truck, put these things out there, and um, with one or one and a half person, you know, because I don't count myself as a uh, quite qualified to be an operator, but I help with carrying the boxes and so on. And we are <laughs> up in the air, and then five minutes later on, the second aircraft is up in the air. And we, uh, in, and in four hours, that w- with, um, we do like an eight cycle. And cycle, I mean, uh, take off, transition, and landing while the other aircraft is circling. And they, they, and these are not um, people who have not been exposed to the UAV industry at all, and really uh, find it amazing. And we have demo for some of the big boys in this industry, and um, for some of the immediate programs that are in the horizon. Well, there's two things there, you know. Um, first, in the drone industry, when you go somewhere, most people now. And I've been, you know, we've been doing this, Gene and I, for like the better part of 20 years. <laughs> you know, you come out there and people now at this point in the game expect it to be like 50 or 60 percent hype. OK, so yeah. when when you go out there and the uh, the let's say item actually performs <laughs> as the sizzle sheet and reel says, people are a little taken aback. They're like, hey, what's going on here? And um let me just tell you, you know, from my experience too, this military thing, and this is a little bit of a side story. I, uh, you know, this whole thing where, you know, I remember being on the conference call and going, hey, you know, I just, being part of the program, the deliverables, one could assume that the deliverables are going to work when they get here. Um, 
Comments like that will get you uh, your duty station at a very hot <laughs> and chanty spot where it's 120 degrees uh, with killer bees. And uh, but you know that I don't know I had like a little bit of an expectation you know you're gonna buy this stuff it comes out here and it's gonna work as advertised I'll give you ten percent okay maybe it doesn't uh, you know do the dishes too but whatever so that's one thing and then the other thing that you said was uh, you know this is another one that grinds my gears in this industry is everybody in this industry not everybody but a lot of the people in this industry <laughs> kind of uh, hang out there, shingle this drone expert. You know, am I right or wrong, Gene? Oh, absolutely correct. And it doesn't take very long to become an expert in this field. No, it's about basically a trip to Best Buy. <laughs> Plunk down the credit card. I'm a drone expert. Yeah, exactly. I saw this guy on you. I know what I'm doing, man. So uh, the humility is refreshing because um, – like I said, those guys, I've, I've done, I know everything about, uh, you know, ISR, and I know everything about collecting data, and I know everything about aircraft, so I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, because same deal, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'm uh, after all these years, I'm still just an aspiring expert. Someday, I hope to be Gene Robinson, uh, or more <laughs> like Gene, and I say that really because... We all Gene, want to be like Gene. Well, Gene is, I mean, this guy, you know, people, I, you know, the rubber meets the road in the field. And Gene's been out in the field for many moons, and I know how difficult it is to uh, operate out there and eat all that top ramen out of the microwave and things like that. So, you know, there's, you, you, you earn your chops, as the uh, saying goes. So, now, the one other thing I wanted to talk about is we had a little bit of good news um, there, there was some investment in, in Aerovel, a certain amount of money, which you can disclose or not disclose. is totally up to you. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do with that dough besides advertise at SUAS News? <laughs> well, that was the primary goal. Now, uh, well, yeah, that's what I figured. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, we, uh, we actually um, had a very modest investment from outside uh, investors. And, and that was very strategic. We, we did a very thorough review of what we want to do in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. And um, uh, we, we understood there is a gap on the funding that we need to have. Mm-hmm. And we went and raised just that amount of money. In the process, we were offered much, much generous uh, level of dollar investment. However, with the noticeable um, um, ownership of the others. At, at, we, we strategically only raised this amount of money for, for time being because we have some defined incremental uh, activities that we have outlined. And upon accomplishing those, we would probably go into the investment community or noticeably higher amount of fundraising that would address our medium and the long-term aspiration of Aerovo with a series of the product and features that it is uh, be coming in a pipeline. And that's a lot of those activities and product is, is a focus on what we think and we have uh, what we believe would be a significant enabler for um, 
Department of Defense and our military requirements, as well as uh, potentially designing the product in a level of the reliability and cost that has some unique commercial uh, benefits as well. Right. And, so, you know, with, go ahead. Well, I wanted to unpack that a little bit too, because it was, I think it was $2.5 million or something, is what you guys yeah. used. Yeah, yeah. And, and for people that don't know, because, you know, that's another thing in the drone thing. You know, oh, yes, oh God, I got $40 million and I got, oh, I got $110 million or whatever, which is great. I mean, you know, yeah. um, who doesn't like uh, private jets and crystal, you know, uh, with <laughs> granny's retirement money. But it's a different thing here. Yeah. You know, people, there's, again, Tad's been around the block so long that he's already made a uh, Faustian deal once. And, uh, you sure. know, he... He knows how the game works. And uh, we had an a, a in-depth conversation about this at one time. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, you want to engineer? We want to give you some money. And, uh, you know, whoo. And, uh, you know, it all sounds good, but you have to uh, watch who you're doing business with and control and all the rest of it. So I, I think that that was a prudent move um, and, yeah. and wait. Now, you know. Thank you. The, the other thing with the, the, the system is, I mean, you know, Tad's put a lot of his own resources into this, put a, put a lot of his own time. I see this thing going, uh, you know, it, for a few years, the FAA has been talking about type certification and things like that. Many uh-huh. people in the drone industry have no idea what that means. But, again, talking with Tad about some of the design, I mean, he makes a, a, a lot of the stuff in the flex rotor is all in-house, right? I mean, you guys are making like everything, right? A lot of it is in-house. You're absolutely right, Patrick. Is a lot of it in-house for good or bad. Um, and and you, you also made a point about the investment. You know, not paying Tad a penny, uh, he has put in just short of $30 million into the company thus far. Right. So That's a considerable chunk of change. Yeah, I, for sure. <laughs> Certainly for me it is. But <laughs> well, <laughs> not for Gene. Gene's loaded. No, no not for Gene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's, you know, we are, it's always good to know that we know Gene. So just in case we always can go borrow money from him. That's what. But, that's my uh, business plan. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> my piggy bank is right uh, here, guys. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, and we were not in the need of money when we raised this two and a half million dollars. It was just a, a, a sort of a bridge, a gap that we uh, we could potentially see uh, coming in the next twelve months. So we wanted to make sure that we won't have any distraction or any slowdown as a result of that. But we will go to the market for uh, for noticeable uh, fundraising sometime soon um, and but um, right now this this is really the way we wanted to do it and um, and it worked really good okay well, so I, we're... I tell you what I, I really want to know when you guys go public because I have ten dollars right here I'll, I'll buy stock right away <laughs> exactly well, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to send you a bad check. <clears throat> um, but you like we're we're down to about a minute and thirty. Um, and so <clears throat> before we run out of time, this happens 
every time. It makes me uh, so frustrated. But what's the website people can go to and 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 see more Carol of the stuff that we're talking? Okay, Carol well that was easy enough. Yeah. So and uh, and and we put new things on it every month or so. Yeah. And, and the videos are always, anytime I go back there, it's like, oh, I've seen it all on the, on the YouTube channel. Every time I go back, I'm blown away. So, and that's, that's, that's it lately, because uh, I'm pretty And a bunch of new those. videos are coming up in the next month. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, no, no, excellent, because uh, I'll be on the lookout, because I'm a little cynical, you know, uh, after all this time ex- exposed to the snake oil. So um, I'll be looking forward to that. Well, you know, this is a good conversation. And, and like I said, soon that we get all warmed up, thing gets rolling, and we're out of 45 minutes before you know it. And I want to thank you uh, for being on, Ali. And um, one of these, oh, pleasure. I, Anytime. Okay, good, because uh, we'll have to have you back when, uh, you know, the rubber starts hitting the road. And i, I got to get up there. I've been meaning to, to get up there. Oh, please do. And, yeah, I want to. I want to come up there and uh, check it out, and uh, you know, see this thing fly in person uh, because it's very interesting, and I really, I really do. Uh, I, I like the system. So until next week, that's all we got for you. There's a lot there to listen to. Um, thanks again, Ali, Gene. Thank you, you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Gene. And please come down you and bet. visit us. We'll we'll love to have a picture of you next to the. Uh, flex roller, so we can use your picture for advertisement once. Well, that's that's go. fair. That's totally <laughs> fair. I, I like that idea. But, you know, uh, you better lock it all up because I'll throw one in the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to look for it in the, uh, the FAA yeah. registry. Hey, where did our flex roller yeah. go? There he is. Uh, you don't have to have a big truck to do that. Good, because <laughs> I, sm- I just bought a small truck, you know. So, all right, well... <laughs> It's all good to know. Um, you know, again, thanks for coming on. Tell Ted I said hi, and uh, we'll see you. I will. I will. Right. Thank you so much. Be it safe, was, everyone. It was fun. It was fun. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye.